Whole smash, what's up? Alex, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. You think we could get uh, JB in the house? Maybe. Maybe one day he'll decide to join us. I don't know what he's up to. He's probably just... He's probably going to get eat five guys right now. Yeah, it probably is. Hey, JB, how was that five guys? What are you talking about? I haven't had any five guys. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> My bad, JB. It's the worst five. I bet you, that means it was really good, I guess. That's what it means. Welcome back to the SEC Week Three podcast, where we have we have five teams now in the top twenty-five. SEC four of them for, from the East, and only one from the or excuse me, four of them from the West. <laughs> four of them from the West. Excuse me, JB. Um, one from the East. You wish. You wish that it was back to the back to the glory days in the East. Hey, that's a, that's a question we should start off with. Actually, um, we'll we'll do some small talk in a second, but. Um, before we started the year, or yeah, before we started the season, we thought this would be the year that the East is going to, the power is going to shift back to the East. What's going on, JB? I don't think we said the power is going to shift back to the East. I think we were just saying that the East is going to have some improvement. And thus far, it looks like Georgia's just going to run away with it because South Carolina was kind of brought back to earth last week. Uh, Florida is not what we, was not what a lot of people thought they were. Say it, say it right. Say it right, JB. Say it right. The Gators are what we thought they were. Uh, we let them off the hook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so Florida wasn't as, as, as impressive as we thought. Uh, Tennessee is still down. Uh, Vanderbilt is still Vanderbilt. And hey, Vanderbilt's 2-0. Vanderbilt's 2-0 now. Well, they were 3-0 last year. Or what was it? 3 or 4-0 last year until they brought back to earth against Alabama when they broke their hearts. Yeah. And then also we have Kentucky. Kentucky, I will – let me give some shout-outs to Kentucky. They look much improved. Against against Florida, they finally got off the got that uh, monkey off their back, winning in, against Florida, especially in Gainesville. And I got to give them credit for that. And Missouri, uh, we I still like this Missouri team team as well. So you know maybe these can show some improvement. But was very disappointed in South Carolina and Florida. Hold, could could the Pac-12 beat the SEC East? Like is the Pac-12 like, as a whole what? as a whole better than the SEC East? Um, well, I think the best team is Georgia out of all of them, but the Pac-12 has like Washington, Stanford, who are both, you know, top more, fifteen teams. So more, more depth, more depth. Yeah, but you also you hate the Big Twelve, or you dislike the Big Twelve the most, or you think they're the weakest conference on the yeah. Pac-12? So. so I mean, they're yeah, the Big Twelve is is the worst out of all five of the Power Five conferences. I don't think it's really even close. Although Oklahoma State is ranked now, they're twenty four, so they're they're getting getting some uh, some Big Twelve fans back in the top twenty five. So maybe they'll they'll compete one day. We'll see. Um, all right, so let's let's do some small talk. So this is our SEC Week Three podcast preview, but this is September eleventh. So I always like to think about September eleventh, seventeen years ago today. Um, where were y'all when this when the September eleventh? terrorist attacks happened because everybody I was at remember- school yeah, yeah okay. i was in like fourth grade i think yeah because i was in fifth grade and uh yeah i mean same I school just remember. same school right same school yeah that's right i went to the same school yeah i'm glad you remember that um <laughs> yeah and I, I just remember i actually went to daycare after school and i just remember everyone's parents come in to like pick them up and like uh like we we're supposed to play kickball that day and then we didn't i was really looking forward to it <laughs> and uh all the counselors and stuff at my daycare, like after school, like wanted to like, you know, watch TV or whatever. And I was just like, you know, I mean, I knew something that happened, but like, I didn't really have any like grasp on it at all. I was just kind of like, 
I just wanted to play kickball. That's what I remember about it. <laughs> do you yeah, – yeah, great way of going down. Um, do you remember at our school they wouldn't let us play outside for recess? I guess that's what you're saying, what you're talking about daycare. But I remember they wouldn't let us play recess outside because they were scared. Well, like that day. Yeah. And it's it's funny that you were actually at school because I guess because maybe my mom or dad drove me to school. I don't know where I walked to school. Um, I was actually watching. I saw the first plane hit the uh, Trade Center. So I, I was watching it on TV, the first one. Uh, I didn't know about the second or third one until I got to school. But I think they, they let us know or they either let us know on the intercom. I think some teacher told me. I think that's what how it happened. But um 17 years ago, but still, still remember pretty fresh in my mind. What about you, yes, JB? What about you, JB? You were you in like you were probably in like what 11th grade? <laughs> yeah, 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 11th grade. But um, yeah, I, was in, I was in fourth grade. Uh, this is before, before our paths ever crossed. I was living in Germantown, a uh, rival suburb of Collierville, and I remember uh, I was at my house getting uh, when the first plane hit the World Trade Center. Uh, my grandmother was over there that morning because uh, my mother was at was at work and my dad was at work, so they need my grandmother was there that morning to uh, help us, you know, get ready and uh, get off to school. And I remember seeing uh, in the World Trade Center uh, the first one at least, and showing the smoke coming out of the buildings. And my grandmother's like, "A plane just crashed into the World Trade Center," and we Is just—I her... guess we just—that that was her voice. Yeah. That was her tone, yeah. Like, she was kind of like, what? She was kind of just like, world. And I, I get, we what both, the fuck? I guess we both, I guess we both, I guess we both just thought that uh, this is just, you know, just an accident and just, just a regular aviation accident. But, of course, it turned out to be a lot more significant that day. And I went to school and never found out anything at school. I remember going to the gym, E-class, like maybe two hours into school. And the TV was on in there. Like, they had a little portable TV on. Uh, the news, but none of the teachers told us anything. I didn't actually know anything until I got home from school. And my mom picked me up and she says, "Oh yeah, the two, the, the twin towers, they're gone." I remember what I remember most after after the attacks, like the days, months, even the year after the one year anniversary. There was never so much American pride in everywhere I was after that September 11th attack. So I think it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty cool. Pretty cool, I think it was music renaissance <laughs> yeah i um i remember that lee greenwood song the uh proud to be american that kept playing over and over again yeah the lee and then of course brooks and dunn had that only in america song aaron tippins uh the, you know aaron tippins song and then alan jackson's song which is probably the most famous one of of that time all right and then um moving on to our normal um pre-game talk is um <laughs> Excuse me for a second here. My my phone's kind of jacking up on me. Um, I'll, I usually ask you if you have eaten anything good, but I'll just I'll just let y'all know that um, we had a pregame call and they were making fun of my seared salmon tweet from last night. And I don't think they're believers in my cooking, but um, I'm gonna make them believers. I don't I don't think JB eats fish, but whole you you like fish, right? Oh yeah, I had fish for lunch today. There you go, tilapia. <laughs> no, it was uh, redfish. Some pan-seared redfish today. Catered, or did you cook it? No, I did not cook it. I went to this restaurant here called Table 100. It's a really nice uh, place. It was a little too expensive, honestly. If I'd have known how expensive it was going to be, I probably wouldn't have gone, but it was good. It's probably cheaper than Bojangles, though, right? Uh, It's cheaper than taking an Uber to Bojangles and then taking an Uber back. 
but <laughs> yeah i've been um i've been really into cooking lately i actually i've cooked potato salad for the past two sundays because i've just thought why not yeah i don't know right only for myself but um it was pretty you went, you went straight from like a teenager to like a middle-aged woman like uh, hey hey I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my mom proud i guess um but enough of this middle-aged woman talk let's uh let's get on to some college football real quick um real by real quick obviously i mean for the next hour here we're gonna talk about college football um before we get into the sec games of the week um let's talk about non-conference games for a few minutes um there's there's obviously a lot of non-conference games but the ones i have circled that are big in my mind are USC, Texas, uh, Washington at Utah. The college game day game for uh, this week is TCU at Ohio, or Ohio State at TCU. And then Boise State uh, plays at Oklahoma State. I'll ask you, Holt, which game out of those or out of any other non-conference games is the most exciting or intriguing to you? Um, well, there's it's kind of tough. I would say it's either between Ohio State, TCU, and USC, Texas. I'd probably say Ohio State, TCU, just because they're both good teams. Um I, I'm not sure if TCU is going to be able to give Ohio State a run for their money or not, but uh, this is definitely the biggest test for uh, the interim coach there at Ohio State because obviously Urban Meyer is still suspended until after this week. So um, it'll be it'll be a tough test for Ryan Day, I think is his name. Yeah. And uh, yes. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll be a good game. I'm not convinced that it will be. I do think that Texas USC is just going to be is going to be a really good game. It was a overtime game last year. And obviously, we all remember the Vince Young game in 2005. And it's just two, like, really talented but, like, underachieving teams. And uh, the loser of this game is really going to be in trouble. And that's – I don't know if maybe I just pull for, uh, like, sadness maybe some other places <laughs> in the world. But I'm just kind of interested to see who's going to lose this game and uh, be in trouble. So, uh, that's a game that I'm looking forward to a lot. I think – Well, you know, I think it, it, it may be – you all I was gonna say it may be a pretty good day for Ohio State, so we'll have to wait and see. I think um, I think USC, or I would, I would let me rephrase this. I think Texas has more to lose than USC in this game, with it being at, being at home. And Tom Herman's came in this season pretty not as high as expectations at USC, but I mean they're they're still pretty high. Although did y'all um, did y'all see the um, Forbes article today about the most valuable teams, uh, college football teams? Texas A&M actually surpassed Texas as the number one most valuable team in college football, as in teams with the most revenue. Um, I don't know if y'all saw that. Y'all probably didn't because y'all aren't like finance nerds like I am. But I saw, uh, I, I saw, yeah, uh, I saw it on Twitter. But I saw a glimpse, but I actually didn't, you know, read in depth like you did. <laughs> yeah, nerd. Yeah, sorry, Jay. Nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> but um, yeah, they make sure ton of money at Texas A&M. Jay, but it's important. Important. Um, they I've pay, told you, I, I, I've told you guys before, Texas A&M is the richest school in the SEC. Yeah, and Alabama is on up there. I think they're like tied tied at third, third with Michigan, the most most revenue. And I think most of that's just because they're really good. I don't know how how high Alabama would be if they weren't as good as they were. Um, I don't think they'd be up that high. But uh, JB, you were, I guess you were talking about the Boise State, Oklahoma State was the most interesting to you, right? non-conference game yeah i'm really intrigued about that one uh i'm, I'm a big fan of this boise state team i really like brian harson what he's done with that program i also like usc texas <clears throat> and just because you know that's kind of intriguing in the preseason it was uh, but this is a big must win for herman and obviously um 
uh, Iowa State TCU is big as well. But Boise State and Oklahoma State is my favorite one because I think if Boise State wins this one, they're going to run the table the rest of the way, and they're going to pretty much have an easy path to a New Year's Six Bowl. It's always interesting to me. Y'all are bigger SEC fans than I am when I uh, – obviously like Memphis coming from the Power Six Conference, the AAC. So I, I, I tend to root for more underdogs <laughs> than y'all would. But I'm, I'm just kind of curious how, how, how do y'all think about underdogs and you know group of five teams – that aren't power five. Do you, cause like, I feel like that Georgia Hawaii game, like whatever it was 2007 um, makes everybody just hate Boise state and teams that aren't in power five conferences. So I'm kind of curious if y'all actually do like non power five teams. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm, as high. what you go, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I do uh, pull for, for non power five teams all the time. Um, you know, I definitely pulled for UCF last year against Auburn and, you know, teams like that over the course of time. So, what if you know, the- I always like uh, – like if Southern Miss gets good every now and then, I like pulling for them. And, uh, you know, obviously I pull for Memphis as well just because I'm from there. If- so, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely get, you know, excited for, for non-group of five teams. If they were legitimately threatening an SEC team for a playoff spot, would you root for an SEC team or the group of five team? I mean, it depends on who the SEC team is. Yeah. Okay. So if it's not like, so if it's not an Auburn, Ole Miss, or a team you really hate like Tennessee, then you would probably root for SEC. I mean, I'm it's, honestly, yeah. I mean, unless it was like, I mean, I probably would pull for the uh, the group of five team unless it was, you know, maybe a team that isn't always in the running. You know, like maybe like if Arkansas or you know, South Carolina or someone like that was in the running versus a group of five team. I'd pull for them over the group of five team. But other than that, I'd probably pull for the, the underdog. Also, I, I don't know as much as everybody else about this personally. I don't feel it personally. But I've heard from many, many people that UCF was the most annoying undefeated group of five team last year, like in terms of their fans, how cocky they were. And I guess it's probably just because they had that whole we won the national championship but not really winning the national championship thing. So I know a lot of people didn't like them, but yeah. well, they lost their coach. Yeah, yeah, we lost the game, and now they have a decent coach. Um, still, they have a decent team though. So moving on to the the games of the week. So the biggest two games uh, this week are um, obviously the Auburn LSU game, and then the Alabama Ole Miss game, which JB's going to. Um, quick fun fact about that. Um, and there's some other games. There's a couple games that are, should be blowouts, but then there's games that look like blowouts but might be a little bit more interesting than you think. Like, for instance, the Colorado State-Florida game. Florida should blow them out, but Colorado State beat Arkansas last week, and then Florida didn't look great against Kentucky last week, so it might be a little more interesting. And then North Texas is 2-0, taking on Arkansas, that team that didn't really look great last week. So let's get into some of these games. Let's start with the, the easy ones so we can just get those out of the way. Um, so I guess I'll ask JB, how much is UTEP going to beat Tennessee by? Mm, I say UTEP might beat Tennessee by 30. 30? It's funny that you said that because I'm looking at it right now. The line is 30 and a half for Tennessee. Would you take the over for that for Tennessee? Would you think Tennessee would cover? Uh, yeah, I actually do think Tennessee will cover this. Do you think um, Garantano is the future of Tennessee? Do you think he's 
Like, are you are, can you count on him as a quarterback to beat Florida, beat South Carolina, and Kentucky, and all the other SEC teams? Absolutely, Georgia? absolutely, he's the future. I mean, I don't know if I can if if it's going to matter this year because I just don't think this year's team's good enough, especially his offensive line, and that's the biggest problem for the Tennessee team is the offensive line. Although I do think they have a chance to uh, pull off the upset against Florida the following week. That's going to be a really, really tough game for both teams. And I think the winner of that game may go to bowl and the winner, the loser of that game, uh, maybe on the outside looking in. You were already, we already got all of our tickets to go to the Tennessee Auburn game at Auburn this year. But now thinking, thinking about it right now, would you rather go to the Florida game than the Auburn game? I mean, I, I've always – I would love to go back to, you know, go to Neyland. Like, it's definitely my favorite place to go. But I'm also one about seeing new college towns and new venues, and I couldn't pass out the opportunity to go to Auburn. Yeah. Especially I'm since really, Tennessee doesn't play Auburn often. Yeah. You know, people talk – we're not going to turn this into a conference realignment show, but people have talked about if the SEC expanded, that they should get Auburn and Alabama in the east and then move Missouri and A&M in the west. But I think that would be a good natural rivalry of Tennessee and Auburn. Uh, it was. So they used to be rivals uh, back before uh, the SEC expanded in 1992. Tennessee and Auburn played every year, and they were rivals. And yeah. that rivalry kind of fizzled out once the SEC expanded in 92. So you you think Garantano is the future, but you're just not super sure about him yet because we haven't seen enough of him. No, I'm not saying I am. I actually am pretty, feeling pretty good about him. I'm just saying that you're not going to see a lot this year because this offensive line is just that poor. It's it's going to be hard to uh, generate any kind of offense if you can't have a good and offensive line. And is a redshirt sophomore, right? Yes, he he's got a few years. I think Cheers. by the time he's a redshirt senior, uh, which will be year three for him uh, as, a, as a full-time starter, and also year three for Pruitt, I think he'll have some more talent. Year three that you'll start to see some potential results. Okay, that's that's honestly way too much uh, Tennessee talk. I didn't think we were going to talk is. that much. Um, we'll talk really quick about Kentucky Murray State. It should be a blowout. Um, I guess this would be a rivalry for Murray State. I don't know because they want to be the big sta- uh, team in state. Um, I'll just hold real quick. Um, how do you feel about Terry Wilson? Uh, we saw him last week. He was pretty athletic against Florida, as, and by athletic, I always mean he ran the ball as a quarterback. Um, I'm not sure about his throwing a lot, but um, how do you feel about Terry Wilson leading this Kentucky team now? Yeah, well, obviously the first two games he's had a lot of problems with turnovers. Um, that's definitely something to watch going forward, but it's easy to see why he was kind of a highly recruited guy coming out of high school. Was he forced um, on? Yeah, I think he was – I'm not sure what he was coming out of high school, but I know he, he went to Oregon. And then coming out of junior college, he was uh, – after he transferred, was a, it was a four-star so he's really I think, he, ta- I think he's from Oklahoma. I remember looking that up earlier, but um, keep talking. I'll look it up for you. I'll fact check you. Yeah, and so he did. Uh, you know, obviously he's a really talented guy. You know, really big arm um, that he showed off last week. He had a long touchdown pass against Florida, um, and then obviously really athletic and uh, able to make some plays with his feet. But uh, just like I said, the thing to watch with him going forward is just can he limit the turnovers? Can he learn from his mistakes? And you know keep that going forward because if he can limit the turnovers and I think he has a chance to be really good. And we, we know that Benny Snell is going to be good. Um, would you say he's the second best running back in the league or first? Scotty Phillips uh, is leading the SEC right now, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I think Scotty Phillips is a good running back, but I'm not 
you know, they played Texas yeah. Tech and Southern Illinois. So, I mean, it's kind of tough to say. But, yeah, I'd have to go with Benny Snow right now. Just – I think there may be some guys who have a little bit more upside than him. But I just think right now he's he's just rock solid. And you know what you're going to get out of him. This is his, what, third or fourth year in a row starting. And he's just, you know, he's just really solid, really consistent. And you know what you're going to get out of him. And he's a big-time running back for sure. Can you tell Kentucky fans that you personally don't hate them whenever we rank – uh, SEC teams power ranking every week. No, I do not hate Kentucky. Um, so basically, the way the power rankings work is we all three make a list and then we kind of like average them out that way. And I just like I can't speak for you guys, but I know that for me, I just it isn't so much that I hate Kentucky as much as I just really like Missouri. I just <laughs> I've been really high on Missouri this whole off season. I've been talking them up like crazy, and just because they haven't, they don't have that signature win yet you know like Kentucky does doesn't necessarily mean that I now think that Kentucky's better than Missouri I just I think if they play tomorrow I would pick Missouri and that's how I do my power rankings as far as South Carolina goes I could definitely see an argument there a little bit more uh the more I thought about it the more I was like yeah you know I could see maybe Kentucky over South Carolina but at the same time I I do like a lot of the, the players on uh South Carolina's team and I like uh Jake Bentley just a little bit more than Terry Wilson right now uh but that'll be something to watch going forward, and Kentucky will have plenty of opportunities to uh, show what they're about the rest of the season and move up in uh, our very uh, important SEC power rankings. Um, yeah, so I wish we did – whenever we did power rankings, um, I mean, it's it's more fun to do it, 1 through 14. But if I was doing it like how it, how I would want to do it, I would do like top tier, middle tier, bottom tier, because there's a lot of those teams, those bottom three teams besides Arkansas, you can kind of put them all together, like Tennessee, um, Florida, and maybe Vanderbilt. I don't really see too much separation right now, but it's kind of, kind of hard. There's a lot of teams that are pretty interchangeable. I think, I mean, in Kentucky, South Carolina, it's kind of one of them. I think Missouri, maybe two. Um, I know you're higher on Missouri than most people or than everybody else in the world, but, um, I think there's a lot of teams that are interchangeable. So Kentucky just gets um, a little bit slotted down because um, it's just the way it works sometimes. Uh, moving on to other SEC games, um, we have Colorado State visiting Florida. Now, this is the same Colorado State, State team that beat Arkansas last week. The line is 20 and a half in Florida's favor. And this was – this is funny. This is a – game that was agreed upon in the Jim McElwain hire, who is no longer coaching Florida. I think they had to get this because this is before big buyouts were more acceptable. So they decided to schedule two, like, or I don't know if they did a home at home, but they decided to, I guess, bring Colorado State to Florida a couple of years um, to pay off of pay up to help, I guess, relieve the big buyout for McElwain. Um, so that's JB. Do you think Colorado State can go 2-0 against the SEC this week in Florida and Gainesville? I actually believe Colorado State has a shot. Shot. Uh, yes, a shot. I will give them a shot. Because if this Florida offense is as stagnant as it was against Kentucky, then uh, this could be a, a problematic game for them because this Colorado State offense will be able to score some points. Not a lot of points, but uh, Mike Bobo is, is – played against these as coached against these guys before he was a long time sec coordinator at georgia so he knows his way around this conference and he's faced florida many times obviously it's not the same coach but uh, he's faced grantham 
Uh, he coached with Grantham, so he's familiar with them and his system. So yeah, watch out for Colorado State. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't think they'll win, but I definitely see this as a opportunity that Colorado State could sneak up on these Gators. Yeah, um, I just wish Florida was back to being great, like right now, just because it's it's more fun when they're a dominant team in the East, but they're not there yet. And this is what we we talked about and. I'll let, you, I'll let you elaborate more on this whole we, – we thought this was going to be a work in progress for uh, Florida and especially Dan Mullen, um, but uh, we didn't think they would lose to Kentucky necessarily, but they did. But do you think – I mean, I, here's how I think this is going to happen. I think I think that they, they lost Kentucky. That's, that's obviously a bad loss, but I think they have more upside towards the end of the year. So I still think there's light at the end of the tunnel for the end of the year hold. Is that what you think? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think they'll definitely get better as the season goes on. There's obviously a decent amount of talent there as well. Not as much as Ford is used to, but still, you know, pretty talented group of guys down there. Um, you know, I, I saw their cornerback is out for the season, um, which, you know, you hate to see. And uh, CC Jefferson, their all-conference defensive end slash linebacker, is, uh, you know, has been banged up as well. So I definitely think, uh, you know, going forward – we could see them get a little bit better on the offensive side of things. Um, I just think in Mullen's system, like just more time and more, you know, reps. And uh, this is kind of like a good uh, bringing them back down to earth game. This loss to Kentucky last week. So hopefully uh, on the offensive side of the ball, they're a little bit more focused and, uh, you know, like basically realize that they're not like, on top of the world and they're not back yet. They still got a long way to go. So I think, uh, but just like I was saying, I do think going forward that Florida has a chance to become at least a decent offensive team by the end of the season. I, I know. Yeah. I know this is going to sound crazy, but it still wouldn't surprise me even if they beat Georgia and Jacksonville later in this year. I know that doesn't seem very likely now, but that's just a game that Georgia could overlook when they're having things running smoothly and they don't, take Florida as seriously, which I think they should take Florida seriously. And I think they will because Kirby Smart probably won't let them treat that as an off game. But I just – I wouldn't be surprised if Florida looked a lot better against Georgia than they did against Kentucky, like you were saying, Holt. Um, next game, North Texas at Arkansas. The line for this game is only seven in Arkansas's favorites. At Arkansas, North Texas is 2-0. Arkansas looked good in their first game, I think, against Southern Illinois or Northern Illinois, I think it was. And uh, then they looked bad last week against Colorado State. Uh, JB, how close is this game going to be? I mean, the line seven, do you think it's actually going to be that close? I actually have Arkansas on upset alert in this one. Uh, this I am just don't really think this Arkansas team is really that good, to be quite frank. It's not that we don't like Chad Morris. It's just this roster that – Bielema left is just not an SEC roster. It's not very talented. This North Texas team is going to be coming into Fayetteville fired up. And the Mean Green's a lot better than they were a few years ago. That was a, oh, wait, they're not the, that was a, I was going to say that was a good movie, but it's actually Big Green, as I was thinking about. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just about to correct myself. It is the Big Green. No, no, no. no, 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 no North Texas is the Mean Green, but the movie is Big Green. Uh, okay, yeah, I was up. Uh, Going, confusing myself there for a second, but you see, North Texas—they—they uh, they were the worst team in college football just three years ago in 2015 when they didn't even look, win a single game. So this program's come a long way from what they were, and I'm—I'm I'm telling you, like I—I—I 
I can't tell you for sure if Arkansas is going to win this one. Uh, even though they're a seven-point favorite, uh, this Arkansas team is reeling after that heartbreaking loss to Colorado State. I'm really anxious to see how this team responds and how Coach Morris can get his guys ready to play for this one because North Texas will come ready to play. JB, after um, week one, you said that um, Arkansas had their quarterback and week two didn't look so much like they had their quarterback. What's going on with that situation, JB? Yep. Uh, I guess you can tell you it's just a product of the competition that Ty Story played with, you know, the first week against Eastern Illinois. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Uh, this, is, this is for Chad Morris to figure out himself. Uh, he's got to find out which quarterback is going to work best in his system. Obviously, Ty Story has a little bit more mobility. But Cole Kelly has a better arm, so this is definitely going to be a work in progress for Chad Morris, and hopefully one of these guys will take the reins and uh, take control of this offense moving forward. Aren't you glad that Chad Morris has to figure this out and not you? I could not imagine. Absolutely. I, w- I wouldn't want to deal with this, especially with this with this roster he's inherited. I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of Arkansas fans, you know, were expecting a bowl going into the season because this non-conference schedule was not very, you know, strong on paper, but they've already lost one of their non-conference games and could potentially lose another one this week if they're not careful. They were hoping to win all their non-conference games and maybe still one or two SEC games and make it to a bowl. But as of now, I don't think Arkansas is really in bowl contention. Sad, sad, sad. They're – I guess they are the worst team in the West and in the entire SEC right now, but things could change. Things could change. Um, you always have Vanderbilt to hope for, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to piss off our four Vanderbilt fans that follow us, <laughs> as JB likes yeah. to say. Um, next game, we'll go. To, we'll continue with the easier games here. Um, Middle Tennessee takes on Georgia at Georgia. Obviously, line is thirty-three and a half. Holt, you know what surprises me, Holt, is that Georgia obviously is the favorite here, 33-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, they're undefeated. They should take care of business. But what surprises me, these college games, these coaches, there's so many coaches on the staff, and even when it's a team that you're supposed to beat by over 30 points, they still prepare like they're playing Alabama or Ohio State every week. So they know everything about Middle Tennessee by Saturday. So does that – like that just surprises me. I it just – it's crazy to me how much they prepare for Middle Tennessee even though they should beat them by 30 points with even without preparing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just uh, – at least with the good teams, I just feel like they always try to have a standard that they try to meet every week more so than focus on who they're playing. You know what I mean? They just want to, like, prepare and, like, you know, basically live up to a certain expectation, like, for every game um, and just try to be – just to be the best that they can be. You know, you can't really control who's on your schedule, but all you can control is how you play and how you get better as a team going forward. Have you seen Kirby Smart's Twitter game? I do not follow Kirby Smart on Twitter. Is he good? it's, It's more of lack of Twitter game. I mean, I guess coaches just get on Twitter just to have some kind of presence, but he, he always says is – Go dogs, Go dogs, And then who else um, – what's his name? Gus Malzahn says – War Eagle. War Eagle. Like, that's all they tweet. Literally all they tweet. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you have potential. Like, look what Lane Kiffin's doing at Florida Atlantic. He has obviously created more attention than Kirby Smart and Gus Malzahn. But 
Like, I mean, have some more fun with that. I, I love following Lane Kiffin on Twitter because he, you really don't know what he's going to say. And he's just, he just makes jokes and has fun with it. I think there's so much more potential. But, I mean, I guess I'd rather have Kirby Smart as a coach than Lane Kiffin being good on Twitter. But it's just a little, little rant of mine that I wish he could come up. Maybe, maybe he could hire us to be his official Twitter handle. Yeah, I was just about to say that. What if they hired you just to be just run the show? <laughs> you could see see uh, Kirby Smart like at twelve thirty when it before the week before Auburn, <laughs> and he's like, "Man, I really want to cook some salmon right now." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "What the hell is he doing?" But um, it would be we kind of game the ball, coach. <laughs> Focus on the game. You know how many retweets <laughs> that would get if he just tweeted some weird stuff like that? It would go crazy. It would go crazy. They'd be talk, they'd be talking about it yeah, on ESPN. Or, yeah, because they all they already talk about Nick Saban's rants. They need to talk about something else. So, um, which, by the way, JB sent us a video of uh, Paul Bear Bryant. And I don't even know what the significance of that video was. JB, I don't know if you watched it whole, but it's in the video. And the whole point with the video was that um, Bear Bryant didn't have one of his checkered hats. He was like, he he only had two checkered hats, and he wanted more, and they stopped making them. So. He just went on a rant. But the only point, the only thing I got out of that was that they still had that Coke bottle sitting up on the press conference booth like they do today with Saban. I thought it was just a, like a new thing with Saban and Alabama, some marketing deal they just signed. But I guess it's been going on forever at Alabama. So, yeah, I, I yeah, did you even watch it? No, nah, I, did, I didn't. I just, I'm not going to lie, so, like, JB sends yeah. me a lot of stuff, and I don't I don't click on all of it. Hey, unfortunately, four, four out of ten ain't bad though. If you if you read four out of ten, it's kind of like when you're talking to girls. That hey, if four out of ten say hey to you, hey back to you, then you're doing good. It's batting four hundred. Yeah, that's. I wish. Uh, <laughs> we'll not talk about that, JB. You need to give us all pointers on how how to swipe over there. We won't. Um, we you we you said you didn't want to be TKOM. You want to be BKOM. The new Bumble King of Memphis, but we'll, we'll we digress and we'll talk more about Georgia, Middle Tennessee. So Georgia or Holt, excuse me, Holt, <laughs> thirty-three and a half point favorite. Do you think Georgia will cover? Um, I wouldn't bet against them. Uh, if I was going to bet, I'd bet on them to cover for sure. Just their offensive line is huge, and they're mean, and I just don't think Middle Tennessee State's going to be able to uh, stay in their lanes. <laughs> and I think. Uh, like literally, and I think uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, Holyfield are going to have a big. Yeah, game. this um, this game's at seven fifteen, and I think most of the SEC games. Well, I guess the Alabama game's on at seven as well. But I think there's there's there are some other games at this time, so you can't really say there's not any other games. But what I would be excited about this game is I want Georgia to get up by thirty in the second or third quarter. And then I want to see Justin Fields play for an entire quarter or entire second half because I'm really excited to see how well he is. He's he's played really really well today, and I just think, I think he's a great quarterback. And um, I don't know how long Jake Fromm's going to be there. I don't know if he'll come out as a junior, but I like Justin Fields a lot. That's all I'm saying. So you think Georgia? Or you wouldn't bet against them? So I guess this is going to be a no bet no bet zone for you. No bet zone for you, Holt. But um, and uh, I'll, I'll have to remind JB to control his burps so Holt doesn't have to text us about your burping, Holt, JB. <laughs> and then we'll uh, get on to the next game with Louisiana Raisin Cajuns at Mississippi State. Holt, are you going to be at this game? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I have a ticket, and I'm not that far away, and I'm not doing anything, but I still don't think I'm going to go. I just want to – I just – 
I, that may sound sacrilegious to some people, but I just I really want to uh, stay at home and watch all the games. But each of the first two Saturdays, I haven't been at home, and uh, I just really want to enjoy my setup here. I got like you know two TVs and my iPad and a laptop and like all that to watch games on. So kind of just want to stay at home and you know just enjoy a nice college football Saturday at my home. Do you? Um, will all your friends still go to this game? No, nobody's really going to this one. Um, everybody's coming up for the Florida game. Okay, of course, yeah. So we'll all we will all be there for the Florida game. So 100%. we we pretty much all agree that Mississippi State's going to win this game. But do you think? Um, do you think that uh, Nick Fitzgerald or your boy is it Kylan? Is that how you pronounce it? Hill. Which one do you yeah. think will have more rushing yards in this game? Uh. Probably Kylan. Um, he just he's been like the number one guy, and uh, Aries has been in the doghouse a little bit. He's only got two carries in the first two games. Um, they actually brought in the who who I thought was the third string running back um, late in the game uh, on Saturday against Kansas State. So uh, I'm not sure if he's in trouble or if he just hasn't you know been practicing hard or, or what. But he hasn't really been seeing the field too much, and I think uh, probably gonna have to go with. Colin Hill, another big game out of him, I would expect, and uh, hopefully get him out of out of the game in the second half. Um, you said you had a ticket for this game. I'm assuming you bought season tickets again, right? Yeah. So yeah. did you sell the tickets you don't go to, or the games you don't go to? No, I don't actually have them. Uh, they're all shipped to one of our friends, and he just like has all of them. But I can get him to send them to me if I need to. But no, I'm not selling them because I mean I only. I only have one ticket, but I could get all four because they're, the rest of my friends aren't going. Okay. So. so it's just like money lost, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't really see it that way. <laughs> because uh, if you buy season tickets, it's actually cheaper than if you just go to like yeah. two games and try to buy tickets. If you go to the two biggest games and wait until the last minute to buy a ticket, you know, like if you try to buy tickets to the Florida game right now, You'd probably spend like half of what I spent on season tickets. So, if you think about it, it actually is a good investment, Alex, because I know that's what you're thinking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you got that good investment because you sure don't save your money on Bojangles. Dude, <laughs> one time, man. Are you ever gonna let me forget no, about that? I've I've spent more I spent more time and effort and money on food than probably you have. So it's okay. Um, probably not for Bojangles specifically. Well, I don't know. I've, I've driven, I've driven pretty far for Bojangles. Um, I know you thought we were going to see you at Mississippi state a couple of times, but I think we're really going to go just for Bojangles. And then you happen to be there also. Um, but we'll, um, we'll digress and move on to the other games. Um, let's go with Louisiana Monroe and Texas A&M. JB, what's Louisiana Monroe mascot? Uh, I mean, they are the uh, Warhawks. So, I mean, I don't know what uh, exactly their mascot would be. You have a Warhawk as a well, mascot? That's, that's what I was asking for is what their um, actual, not necessarily mascot, but what their, I guess, I mean, I couldn't, their I animal couldn't name was. The, I couldn't tell you the name of the mascot. I just know that they're Warhawks. Okay. Well, that, that passes in my book, JB. So, you're you're fully invested or you're fully, like, balls deep on Texas A&M right now, right? You love Texas A&M after that Clemson game, correct? And Calamont. I'm a big fan of Kellen Bond, and this uh, A&M team has really responded well to Jim Fisher and what he's preaching and what he wants out of this program, and I'm impressed. I think this A&M team is, is looking a lot better early in the season than I expected. 
So it's going to be kind of good. Louisiana Monroe is 2-0. I will warn you about that. I think they did beat Southern Miss this year, actually. So, um, yeah, they did, 21-20. So, this, I mean, Texas A&M should still kill them. But, I mean, Louisiana Monroe is not a bad team. Right, JB? Can you stop laughing, JB? <laughs> Do you need to get out of your system? <laughs> I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sound like what a – <laughs> I don't know what it is I was hearing there, but it sounded like someone was like, <sighs> "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Alex." Yeah. Can <laughs> y'all know what? The... Can we do a quick mic checker? Am, am I being too loud? I mean, I don't know for sure. Okay, but as, as what were you asking me again about losing? <laughs> Let's just get back to that. We um, we weren't asking anything specifically, JB. Um, I just I was asking more about AM than losing a Monroe. How much? of um, how balls deep you are on Texas A&M right now with Kellen Mond as a quarterback. Yeah, I'm, yeah balls I really deep. like this team. So just go ahead and say, your ball's deep. Let's just say that this A&M team looks a lot better early in the season than I anticipated. <laughs> well, let's, let's rephrase. Paul, are you balls deep on Drew, Drew Locke? Hell See, yeah. Why, why can't you admit it, JB? It's, it's 2018. It's okay. It's okay to be, on, be all up on somebody's nuts. I'll, I'll, I pick and choose when I'm balls deep on. I'm not balls deep yet on a and <laughs> Not balls deep. So what are you like? Are you on like just a tip? Yep, just a tip. Or, I, or I'm, at, I'm on the uh, – <laughs> or I'm, I'm on the uh, – Rising Against Humanity card. What would Jesus do? No, no, you're you're on the – you're not even on the tip. Let's not even say that. You're on the urethra. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get off of uh, – That's a little bit too graphic, Alex. No, come let's on, J.B. On. Come on, JB. You're you're okay. You're we're all big people here. And JB, let's let's not let's not talk about your text that you send to people. We know, we know you're the most graphic out of all of us here. Um moving on to the last not great game for the week, and then we'll get to the bigger games, um, is Marshall and South Carolina. Marshall is two and zero, so another game that could be a little close. And we don't think South Carolina um might not, South Carolina might not be as good as they originally were supposed to be. The line is thirteen. Um, this is in South Carolina, so I would expect there to be a lot of rain or it to be very wet. I was reading an article today that said that um, Muschamp, and you'll like this, JB, Muschamp practices with wet balls during the game or during, pra- during the during practice, so their team can get used to handling wet balls. That's good. I mean, I'm, it's always an important quality. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Like you got. I mean, if you know you're expecting rain that weekend, you got to wet the football before each game. You got. You know, dump the football into a bucket of water and then have a uh, center snap it to the quarterback. Like, that's how it's called real simulation. I guess this is common yeah. practice, but this is the first I've ever heard of this. I'm surprised you never heard of this. This has been going on. No, this, this happens all the time. Yeah, this has been yeah. dating back to like the 60s and 70s. So, so we did that in high no, school. So sorry. Yeah. I, guess, I guess I was missing out. I didn't practice enough with wet balls. Um, Jake B. Jake Bentley didn't have a great game against Georgia. Marshall's defense is not Georgia's defense. Do you expect a big turnaround game for Jake Bentley here? I do. I think the South Carolina team is going to come out fired up and we'll have a good response game after what happened against Georgia. What about South Carolina's defense? Are you optimistic about them as well? Uh, that South Carolina secondary looks a little suspect against Georgia, and that kind of concerns me, honestly. But it's Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp is the best defensive coordinator of all time, right? I mean, well, Muschamp is a great is a great defensive coordinator, uh, but I think they'll get better as the season progresses. This South Carolina defense isn't as talented as other 
defenses that he's had, but you watch that. They'll, they'll get better as the season progresses. South Carolina ought to be yet to compete in the East, but I'd say give Muschamp another year or two. And uh, I'm proud of you, Holt, for uh, holding your tongue there, biting your tongue whenever I talk about Will Muschamp being the best defensive coordinator of all time because I know you don't, you're not as high on him as everybody else. But yeah, I did. I did chuckle to myself yeah, lately. Yeah. But who you are high on is Drew Motherfucking Lockhold. Drew Lock is taking on Purdue this week at Purdue, no and two Purdue team that also beat Missouri last year at Missouri. Um, this is a different Missouri team. They haven't really played anybody right this year. But um, this is a good test to see where Missouri's at. The line is six and a half. Um, Drew Locke is slowly being talked about. I was watching the SEC um, network earlier before we talked about this. Not to steal ideas, but just curious what they were saying. And, um, Jordan Rodgers, which I know y'all aren't big fans of, was saying that Drew Locke was the best quarterback in the country. So you might have some competition for Drew Locke's yeah. wiener hole, but um, nobody else is really talking about him. So Yeah. Well, you know what? Jer- Jordan Rodgers can go fuck himself. Well, he's got that hot, he's got that hot uh, girl. I think he's engaged to from the um, Bachelor or Bachelorette. I'm, I forgot which one, but yeah. Well, look, I'm driving the Drew Lock hype train. All right, <laughs> and he's riding, bitch. And <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, yeah. We'll go with that. I mean, honestly, like he may just be like, you know, tied to the roof. <laughs> so Purdue, you like Jeff Brom though? So you have uh, we were talking about this earlier. You have conflicting ideologies here because you love Drew Lock. And you like Jeff Brom pretty good, and they're going head to head. So, what's going on? And Jeff Brom hasn't had a good year so far. No, they haven't. Um, lost a really tough game, a game that uh, they actually outgained North Northwestern the first game of the season and lost at home. You know, really tough loss last week. They lose to Eastern Michigan, I think it was, in the in a rainstorm on a last second field goal. Just really ugly game. Um, Purdue's going to be desperate for a win here. Um, if, if they lose their first three games of the season, it's going to be really, you know, before conference play really even gets ramped up, then they're really going to be in trouble. So, you know, Purdue's going to be pulling out all the stops in this game, and they're going to, they're obviously at home. They won this game easily at Missouri last year, 35-3, to I think. So, you know, all, all of that um, still isn't enough, in my opinion, for me to pick them. Um, I just think Drew Locke, just like I'm saying, he's – the best quarterback in the country, probably going to be a first-round draft pick next year. Um, the Missouri defense has really impressed me early this year. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up uh, throughout the course of the whole season, but I really like uh, Missouri to go up there and uh, get some payback for last season. So, like, 10 touchdowns from Drew Um, I don't know. That might be a little, uh, you know, a little a little on the conservative side. I'm going to say, like, maybe 17. 17, 17 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, well – <laughs> um, man, I don't even think we scored that much playing uh, NCAA football. RIP. I don't know if that, that might have been too soon because no NCAA football, so it might have been a little too soon. But um, yeah, so if we if we had NCAA football game this year, would you play with Missouri and Drew Locke? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I haven't thought about it at all. You know, you probably honestly you'd probably have to go with Alabama. Alabama is probably the best team, the best offense to play with this year. Um, Oh, come on. Everyone picked Alabama. I would always play with Ohio State. No, no. Nobody – like, Alabama wasn't always like the – it would always be someone with the fast quarterback. that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think. Ohio State. 
Who's like the best running quarterback in in college football right now? I'm pretty sure they they probably just made Dwayne Haskins fast just because of Ohio State's history. Yeah, he's not much of a runner though. No, I feel like West is he? I feel like West Virginia's offense would be really fun to play with on that stuff. Throwing now, throwing, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of like really good quarterback wide receiver combos. Like I'm sure Ole Miss would be a lot of fun to play with. Um, you know because but I'm I usually try to lean towards like a running quarterback. And I'm just not, you know, I'm just – there's not really any really good running quarterbacks that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. You could probably but... put Justin Fields in there. He's probably fast. But – Yeah. But he's probably – he's still, like, a freshman, so he's probably, like, got, like, 45 awareness. It's uh, like... still higher than Matt Tateo's awareness. <laughs> I remember I remember that joke whenever whenever that whole – You just went – That whole situation came out. Everybody was talking about Twitter, like – Man, they, they ought to put his awareness at like negative five hundred on Madden. <laughs> That's funny. All right. I remember there was one where they were saying like, uh, "I make up fake girlfriends screaming, hey yo, I'm like, hey yo." <laughs> Man, I love I love people on the internet that just come up with funny stuff. It's great stuff. Um, all right, so we'll we'll skip around here. Uh, There's your uh, Monte Teo reference for the day. Yeah. I, you're I think welcome. it's I think it's Mante, but I mean it depends on what part of, what part of the country you're from. I'm from the South, so I said Mante. Alice, can you uh, can you do me a yeah. favor real quick? Can you ask me if I can? <laughs> no, cannot cannot give you that password. All right, so let's get to the let's get to the big <laughs> games. Let's get to the big games of the week. We'll start with the second biggest game of the week: Alabama at Ole Miss. That JB is going to is 21 point game for Alabama. Um, Oh, sorry, I'll ask JB first. So, JB, give me give me the layout here. How are you going to go to this game? Who are you going with? Um, what time are you getting there? Where are you eating beforehand? How many hot girls are you going to stare at in sunglasses at the Grove? Yeah, I'm planning on leaving uh, from Memphis to go to this game probably around, you know, 1 o'clock, get there around 2. So, I'll get at least a solid three hours in the Grove to uh, look around and – I'm hoping I get there early enough to go eat at my favorite place in Oxford at the, on the square called Ajax. It's a really solid home cooking place, so I can get my uh, jack cheese stuffed meatloaf. That sounds like so sexual. <laughs> that is the best meatloaf I've ever had. What? Um, I, I've been to Ajax with you, correct? You have, and of course, Alex. Me and Alex uh, was not impressed. He's like Michaela Maroney, you know, just doesn't not impressed whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, who? I mean, you don't have to mention names, but is it the fam or is it the friends that you're going with? Uh, I'm going with uh, a friend. Okay, just one. It's one of our friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a friend that both of you know. And so, uh, just, it's just going to be us two, and we've also got two other tickets. So. Uh, definitely going to uh make some money on this saturday as well so I'm happy we about um that. you remember we did that for the lsu game a few years ago the one that almost actually won we just did. uh make sure you don't sell those tickets to people that are really sketchy because you're gonna have to sit next time at the game <laughs> no, no i'll sell to someone sketchy the, the, because he's probably not gonna be able to sell it so there you they'll go. resell it yeah they'll resell it anyway they're not gonna sit at the game anyway um yeah like or that. you could just give them to like two really hot girls <laughs> and just be like Hey, you want some free tickets? Yeah. Or, yeah, find a father and son that, you know, if it's a father-son combo, I may feel nice to just give it to him. Debbie, you're missing your opportunity. He's telling you to, like, go find some hot girls and just hook them up. Be like, hey, you you have to, like, sit here, but, like, you have to, like, listen to me talk talk the whole game and hit on you. 
Well, it'd be the first thing I wouldn't hit on. <laughs> you don't you don't hit girls? Is that what you're saying? Give your respects on. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was that was so hard for me to keep that PG PG rated there and not say something worse than what I was going to say with J, about JB. All right, so JB, you're you're gonna go to the game. You're gonna get there four hours early. You're gonna watch the Georgia or not the not the Georgia game. Excuse me, the um, LSU Auburn game in the Grove. I'll find somewhere to watch it. I don't know where, but okay. Nope. And, TV's on in the Grove. I'll find some tent. You know, sneak in and watch it from the back. And are you going to wear Ole Miss stuff as a as a Tennessee fan there, just because you don't want anybody to hassle you? No, I not don't have any Ole Miss stuff. And besides, I think that day they're having everyone wear powder blue, and I don't own anything powder blue, so I'm just I'm just going to wear whatever you know damn well, please. You know, we'll uh huh yeah whatever you say, JB. <laughs> Probably going to go buy a powder blue visor to wear to the game. Will you start a hotty toddy chant? I never start a hotty toddy chant. Will you <laughs> be in, will you be participating in the hotty toddy chant? Uh, that's a yes. That's a yes. So. That's a yes. So. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, no, so, I don't think so. Javi, let's talk about the game for a second. Actually, I want to switch over to Hole because that's, that's all you're good for. That's all. I want you to talk about the pregame and we can talk about other stuff. Um, Holds. Alabama, Ole Miss. Everybody thinks Alabama is going to blow out Ole Miss. But here's an interesting question that I had to think about to ask you for this show: <laughs> Is um, we know Alabama's defense good, we know Ole Miss defense is bad, but we know Ole Miss's offense is really good. But we also know Alabama's offense is really good. <laughs> if you're still with me here, I want to ask you: Is Alabama's offense actually better than Ole Miss's offense? That's a really good question. Um, I'm actually – oh, man, that's tough. I would actually have to say Ole Miss's offense is probably me, better. I think let me cut you off for a second. Let me cut you off for a second. JB, what do you have to say about that? I am going to go with Alabama's offense because I, I, I prefer balance, and that's what Alabama's offense is. Ole Miss's offense is too – All right, JB, stop. You got to stop. You got to stop because the whole answer because he's probably going to say the same thing. All right, hold yeah, I mean, I, I just I say Ole Miss, but just because I think they just have some more proven playmakers or receiver. Alabama has, um, you know, some really talented players and some guys who have made some plays. But the Ole Miss receivers are just way more. Uh, you know, they all three caught seven touchdown passes or more last year. I think they're the only wide receiver group in the country to do that. So, uh, you know, just really proving guys. And uh, I'm a, I really like Jordan Tayamo as well. I I do think Alabama's running backs are, are definitely better. But Ole Miss's offensive line is surprisingly uh, really good as well. well the, they don't really so get – they don't get a lot of credit, uh, Alex. They don't really get a lot of credit that uh, that they should. But uh, Ole Miss's offensive line is pretty good. I think the only adv- big advantage that Alabama has is the running backs. But just like I said, I think their experience and their talented receiver makes up for that. Do you think this is a game where the number four leading rusher in the country, a.k.a. Scotty Phillips, gets brought back down to earth? A little bit, yeah. I don't think Alabama's going to let uh, Ole Miss run the ball too much at all. And I, I don't think they're going to try to th- they're gonna try to run the ball too much. I think it's going to be uh, pretty spread out and uh, throw the ball down the field type of game for Ole Miss. Do you think – or do you – if you – I mean, we everybody thinks that Alabama's going to win this game. Like I said, but everybody also thought Alabama was going to win the 
game when Ole Miss won two of the games the last five years. So do you think this could be one of those games where even though everybody's saying Alabama's going to win, Ole Miss could actually potentially win this game? Um, I don't think so, just because I think Alabama's going to be able to control the pace of the game on offense. And I think they're going to be able to score as fast as they want to or as slow as they want to. And depending on how the pace of the game is going, I just I really think that Alabama has the ability to control the tempo way more than Ole Miss does. And I like uh, Alabama to win pretty easily, but in kind of a high-scoring game as well. I, I think uh, it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama covered and if uh, Ole Miss still put a decent amount of points on the board. So – so the game plan here, Alabama is going to control to control the ball and just pretty much they're going to be balanced, but they're going to they're going to start. I would think they would start off with a heavy dose of running, just slow down, slow down the game, and just do what they do best, which is run the ball. And they also have obviously Tua doing really well. So I I think they're just going to physically dominate the Ole Miss defense. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to be able to run the ball as much as they want. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball as much as they want. It's really going to be just whatever they want to do. I think Ole Miss is probably going to sell out to stop the run. So they're probably going to throw the ball a little bit early in the game just to kind of loosen things up. But uh, once they hit a couple of big plays in the passing game, I think they're probably just going to run the ball well the rest of the game. If you're Ole Miss here and you win the coin toss, do you receive the ball to score first and get more momentum early? Uh, you know, you definitely consider it. Um, I think that if Ole Miss is going to win this game, they're going to have to uh, get out to a fast start and kind of get Alabama out of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, I don't think they're going to – I don't think their defense is going to allow them to uh, get behind in this game and maybe come back. Um, I think the only way for Ole Miss to win this game is to go blow for blow with Alabama, and they may, you know, receiving the opening kickoff may be a good way to do that, to kind of get that jump started. JB, if Ole Miss somehow pulls off this upset against Alabama, are we going to rank them number one in SEC power rankings? But uh, I think if Ole Miss pulls this off and and one of the biggest upsets of the season, Ole Miss will jump into the top. JB, that is so not bold. You're going to have to do better than that. They, they, They need to like if you're gonna say something like that, you need to say like they jump in the top fifteen, which I don't think they will. I think they'll do top exactly 20. what you said. Okay. That, yeah, very bold, very bold. They'll, 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 they'll jump to 18th if they win against Alabama. I think I think Alabama will fire Nick Saban on the sideline. I think that's what'll happen. Oh yeah, yeah, Alabama fans. Alabama fans not want to fire Nick Saban. The Alabama administration knows better. Yeah, they do. Um, all right, so we'll and let me ask one more question, Holt. Um, we talked about Ole Miss's offense. How many do you think uh, we can see our guy AJ Brown get free this weekend against Alabama's defense? Um, I don't know how open he's going to be. I think he's uh, maybe going to make some big catches over some DBs. Who would cover him uh, more so than just being like wide open? Well, that's the thing is Alabama. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is Alabama's secondary is really young and uh, inexperienced. So. Uh, you know, they've got – obviously, you know, it's not like they're just plugging in some guy who has never played football before. These are all, like, four- and five-star players. But uh, at the same time, they are really inexperienced and, you know, maybe not quite on the same page. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, those experienced receivers for moments can uh, really take advantage of them. Let's move on to next game. And JB has reminded me 20 times via text that I forgot to mention – the Vanderbilt Notre Dame game, which happens to be on NBC because Notre Dame owns NBC. 
pretty much. Um, it's a pretty intriguing game. I think uh, I think Notre Dame should win pretty easily, but Vanderbilt is two and zero, and their fans that follow us on the CCC Slow Smoke think they are the number one team in the country. So this is their week to uh, finally prove them. I think Notre Dame's actually a pretty good team this year. They showed it when they beat Michigan. It was an ugly game, but um, they did show it um, when they beat Michigan. Um, JB, since you are so fond of this Vanderbilt team, won't you won't you talk talk to us about how great Vanderbilt is? Are they are you going to tell us now that they're they're still Vanderbilt and they still can't beat Tennessee? Uh, Vanderbilt fans, I know we've had a few of them uh, that were not very pleased with our power rankings. Let me tell you, Vander, the whatever how many <laughs> Vanderbilt fans we had, the six, the all two of them, seven, <laughs> the six or seven. Vanderbilt Y'all are about to get patronized. As, never mind. The go six ahead. or seven Vanderbilt fans that follow us. You're going to have a reality check this Saturday. You have played two <laughs> soft teams in the first two weeks. You've won games that you're supposed to win. Congratulations. Buy a lot. Now, you buy a lot. Yes, I've given Vanderbilt credit. But now <laughs> you are playing a really decent, or not decent, but a pretty really good team in Notre Dame. You're playing them in South Bend. And, a pretty really good team. And you will be uh, facing reality this Saturday. Now, granted, if Notre Dame gets upset by the Commodores of Vanderbilt this Saturday, I will personally streak naked to Nashville and shake the hands of all six of you <laughs> if Vanderbilt wins. Hey, that sounds like a deal. They can't wait for, they can't wait for Vanderbilt to win now. JV, you and I both know you can't make it to Nashville, right? Dude, you wouldn't even make it to Carterville, right? Remember, remember when we uh, we ran to his house from my my house? Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Holt, Holt was Holt was struggling that day. <laughs> but Jamie, you were laughing at him, and Jamie, you were just sitting there. You were just sitting there watching him, like just chilling. And you're like, Jamie, you know you can't run run Holt either. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good you'll get the last lap hole. You'll show him. You'll show him one day. Um. <laughs> But yeah, this, this should be a really fun game. Uh, Notre Dame really struggled last week against Ball State. Their offensive line uh, was looked, looking really bad. Brandon Wimbush has been turning the ball over a lot. And Vanderbilt, even though they haven't been playing a lot of good teams, they've been forcing a lot of turnovers. So it'll be interesting to see if Vanderbilt can force some turnovers uh, from Brandon Wimbush, who is you know prone to turning the ball over. So you know maybe something can happen. And if Vanderbilt won this game uh, – I would be very happy. Um, I always pull for Vanderbilt. I love Vanderbilt. I'm, I've ranked Vanderbilt higher than uh, both y'all did in the power rankings. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, I also hate Notre Dame. Did I say that already? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, I would, I would definitely be very much in favor of Vanderbilt winning this game and moving them up in our power rankings. This game specifically, you would think it would be a defensive game, right? Vanderbilt is known for defense. Notre Dame is known for defense and both teams kind of struggle offensively. Seven Vanderbilt has been doing great this year to start the year off. Um, I guess yeah. shitty teams, but they're um, still doing great on offense, but I think it's going to be a defensive game. Correct JB. Yes. I, do, I agree. And if I will say if Vanderbilt wins this game, yes, Vanderbilt will jump into the top 10 of the SEC power rankings. If they win this game, they will have themselves proven, but I want you guys to go out there on the field this Saturday and prove it. Beat someone really good because last year we got all the talk after you beat some cupcakes before the Alabama game that you guys were for real. And then Alabama came and hit you guys in the mouth and you guys never recovered. So hey, uh, me wrong. And, 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 well, well, 
Well, yeah. JB, they did beat Tennessee that's, to end the that's season. That's what I was going to say, JB. You got to say that it. Tennessee was not the beginning of the season. <laughs> We're talking about when Barron Bell was undefeated. Back in 1998, we won everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear all the time. Um, <laughs> JB, are you, are you playing with Sadie right now? Uh, Sadie's got her little squeaker toy, and I'm trying to get it away from her. She's not letting yeah. me get it. You should uh, probably hide that during the podcast. Yeah, you should probably let yeah, your you should, you should probably let your girl and play more, JB. Guys, you don't have to like keep her that silent. All right. <laughs> so, um, I guess that's why you, that's why you can't talk to um, talk to girls at the Ole Miss because you got Sadie in there. You got your main girl. All right, let's move on to the. SEC game of the week, which is LSU and Auburn. Um, I'll ask JB, since you're the Mr. Wikipedia, who has the all-time series lead between LSU and Auburn? Um, that's gonna ha- I actually don't really have it. Not- if I had to guess, I'm going to have to say it's uh, LSU. Holt? I would guess Auburn. It is, in fact, LSU. Barely. It's close. I think it's like a seven-game difference. I think it's like 26 to 21 or something like that. I don't know the exact number, but I know um, LSU has it by less than 10 games. It's like six or seven or something like that. uh, Close call, right? (laughs) This game is at Auburn. Ten-point favorite for Auburn. Um, Everybody's kind of high on LSU now after that Miami win. So we will see who the real LSU is after this game. JB, who in fact is the real LSU? LSU. JB. Louisiana State University. JB, like no. Who? Asshole. Which team? Which LSU team are we going to see? Are we going to see a team that looks great <laughs> in the first half against Miami, or are we going to see the team that struggled with offense the last few years against Auburn? Um, I think we're going to see the team we've seen the last few years. I think. Uh, you know, just like we were saying, I, I'm not really sold on Joe Burrow quite yet. Um, you know, I think it's still kind of a wait and see for him. Um, I think we'll definitely know more after Saturday. But, uh, you know, I just – I'm not really sold on their offense. I think they got some really good receivers. I think they got a talented running back. But just like I said, after the Miami game, he uh, – they had the one yard run, and if you take that away, they only averaged like two yards a carry the whole game. So – it was really just one big play, and uh, other than that, the offense was really nothing special. So, you know, I think they're going to be – I think it's going to be a tough game for them this week, and it's going to be really hard for them to score going up against that Auburn defense. Are you interested to see the Auburn offense go against the LSU defense? Because I feel like those are two good matchups, evenly matched. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm just – I worry about Gus Malzahn's play calling – something that I brought up a few times on the show. Like, if you go back to the LSU game last year or the Washington game week one, just not – you know, it just seems seems like he just kind of goes into a shell a little bit play calling-wise. And uh, But talent-wise, I really like uh, Auburn's offense. Jarrett Stidham, very accurate. JB, you're going to have to control your, your, your girl now. We can, we can hear her scream. We can hear her panting. Dude, I swear, JB just like puts the microphone like right up in her face. <laughs> By the way, uh, for you, if you're listening, all 27 of y'all listening to this tomorrow afternoon, um, his girl is his dog, so that's why we're making these jokes. But it's um, it's just her breathing heavily. So go ahead, Holt. 
Yeah, so I pretty much said everything. Um, I just – I really like Jared Stidham and uh, the talent on Auburn's offense. Um, so, that being said, I, I like – you know, I like Auburn in this game. As long as Gus Malzahn can uh, get out of his own way, play calling-wise. JB, you got anything to follow that up with? Uh, I mean, I, I like this Auburn team. I'm going to go with Auburn in this one. I, Auburn is just way too balanced. I think if we're going to see the LSU team that we saw the past few years – I think it's going to be kind of a stagnant game. Auburn's out for revenge. All right, before we close this out, let's uh, let's do just rapid fire picks. You don't have to you don't have to say too much else except for who you think is going to win each game. I'm going to say, and we're going to do the the true toss up games or the games that should have some people picking both teams. Uh, we'll start with Vanderbilt Notre Dame. JB. Uh, no, Notre JB. Dame. One answer. One answer, JB. Holt. I just told you one answer. Holt, Mandy, Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. LSU, Auburn, Holt, and JB both said Auburn, correct? Correct. Okay, I said Auburn. Uh, Colorado State, Florida, JB, you said the upset alert. Florida. Holt. Florida. North Texas at Arkansas, Holt. Arkansas. Holt, or JB. (laughs) Arkansas. JB, Alabama, Ole Miss. Alabama. Holt. Alabama. Really high scoring game, but Alabama's going to win big time. Uh, Louisiana Monroe at Texas A&M. Holt. Are we really picking this game? Well, they're 2 0, man. <laughs> All right. No, they're not. Louisiana Monroe is, JB. Oh, yeah. Monroe is, but not A&M. JB, calm, calm your horses, man. <laughs> calm your horses. Um, fine. We won't pick this one. Um, Missouri Purdue. Holt. You want to pick that one? Uh, Missouri, duh. Drew Locke. JB. Mizzou. All right, and then Tucker and Marshall. Close game. It could be a close game. Yeah, South, South Carolina. JB. Fighting chickens. Cox, JB, Cox. All right, I think this concludes our week three preview. If you've listened. We're not doing the out-of-conference games, oh, you do, Alex? You do the out-of-conference? Excuse me. Yeah, it's, man. Excuse me. Excuse me. What do we me. got? Excuse me. What do we got, Alex? We got USC, Texas. Oh. Texas. All right. Uh, JB? USC. Ooh, all right. I'm going to be a tiebreaker. I'm going to pick USC. And then Washington, Utah. Holt. Washington. JB. 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 All right, we'll just say Washington. Yeah. Keep, keep going. And then TCU, Ohio State. Holt. Um, I'd have to say Ohio State. Okay, and I don't think JB's still there, so I'll skip over him and go with Ohio State. Also, Boise State at Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the upset here and say Boise State's going to get the win. They've been rolling lately, so. Ooh, I'm going to say Oklahoma State representing the Big 12. All right, I think this finally concludes our week three preview. Unless Holt wants to talk about some other football, which I think he could, but he also has other work to to get to, I guess. I hope. We'll see. Well, I just want to say, like, one thing real quick. I just want to give a shout-out. We built, like, a pretty uh, decent size of people who have been listening, like, every show. So, I just want to say thank you to you guys, and thanks for putting up with all our technical difficulties and just regular dumbness. So, uh, just want to say shout-out to you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, when we make it big, you guys can always say that you were here at the beginning. Yeah, thanks for dealing with all of our shit, and especially JB's shit. JB has so much going on. With the, with the we have to deal with. I'm glad you all have to deal with it too, finally. 
So thank you for listening to us on the podcast. Thanks for following us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smokes. We will be back here the end of the week to recap all Saturday. Until then, we will see you all later.